This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Live commentary. Good game. Switch coming back now. Oh, he's played a loose pass. And Sakaja will get there. Oh, Blackman's come right out of the area and flattered Sakaja. And it's gone free. And the keeper's right out of the area. And it's a goal for Paris. What a great finish. Live interviews. To an Ireland football watcher, it was clear in my mind that we had like a bunch of new guys and we'd lost a, a, a you know, big name, big players for us. Scannell, Klein, Ambrose. It, we, we were never going to just come out the block swinging, were we? You know what I mean? Expert analysis. A surprise draw at the end there, Mark. A surprise to no one more than me. We didn't realise we'd scored a second goal. Well, most of the time anyway. Homesdale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 That's 0203 4755 Hello and welcome eventually to Homesdale Radio. Uh, it's a small problem starting up. Uh, essentially it's the technical equivalent of not putting 50p in the meter. Which is a little bit upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hopefully that's all sorted now and you can hear us loud and clear. It'd be nice if you could tweet us just to let us know that we're actually on air. Uh, I'm uh, not going to blame, yet again, blame an absent producer, but I. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Chat room can hear us. Chat room can hear us. That is cracking news. Thank you. Well, obviously, I am your host, Chris Hambling, back after my little week's hiatus. And it's good to be back. And uh, with me today, I have Ben Nagel. Hello, Ben. Hello. All right, how you doing? Yeah, fine. I used to always do that hello, didn't I? And I've stopped doing it and now I've brought it back. You've brought it back. It's like a greatest hits. Um, yeah. You had something you wanted to mention. I've forgotten what it was, but what yeah, was it? Yeah, just because we're not doing news in brief, I thought I'd bring it up in this intro bit. Just about Alex Winter. Um, he's gone out on loan to Eastbourne Borough. I live in Eastbourne currently, and I know that he uh, he played on Saturday and he started in place of Eastbourne Borough's usual captain. So they obviously they, they like what they've seen from him down there in the first week of training. So... Hopefully that will get a bit of game time and what sort of, play well. What sort of level is Eastbourne? Uh, it's Blue Square South. Sea level. So <laughs> very funny, yeah. It is sea level. Yeah, one oh. below Blue Square Prem. That's why we've got Nick. <laughs> um, anyway, that was the uh, the dulcet tones of Nick Gussett, or Nick Gillard, as he's also known. Hello, Nick. Hello, how are you doing? 
I'm all right. You wanted to mention something as well, didn't you? Yeah, um, Quasi's back. That'll please Joe. Uh, come back from Yeovil. Wasn't even getting time at Yeovil, so, mm-hmm. you know. Don't, don't look good for him, really, does it? No, I mean, uh, I don't know if Joe wants to um, add a bit more. Hello, Joe. Hello, everyone. Um, uh, you've had some strong opinions about Quasi in the past, because obviously you, you've got a little bit of a connection there in terms of what people think of him that you know <laughs> and who have seen him play on a regular basis. Um, I think, well, for Margate. So uh, you're not one who thinks he was was going to make it anyway, are you? No, not really. Um, I mean, it's just like a, a huge surprise. Um, must be not winning a lottery for him. But, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen him a few times. I, you know, I've, I saw him before he became uh, famous as such. Um, and, I, you know, I just didn't think there were four strikers on the pitch at the time. I didn't think he was in the top four. But there you go. <laughs> okay, <fair>. strong <laughs> opinion. Well, that, that is true. Joe is, uh, is with us today as well. Uh, Ben's going to be looking after all of your communication today in a variety of ways that you can communicate with us. Um, you know, there's the, the email address. It's radio at homesdale.net. Probably should open that email account and have a look in there in a minute. Um, you can also tweet us. It's at HOL Radio on Twitter. Uh, you can give us a call, 020347 double five nine 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 press option one to come through to us i'd probably avoid doing that today since i'm producing as well and it would involve me actually noticing that people are phoning in um of course you can also uh, bear in mind that you can listen on your mobiles it's a uh, tune in radio if you go to, and search for homesdale radio it's an application if you want to go to holradio.net forward slash mobile you can find out exactly how to do it <clears throat> excuse me um, what else have I got to tell you? I've got loads of stuff. I mean, obviously, what we're doing today, we're going to have a little bit of a, a chat about the Derby game I went to on Friday night, which was a welcome away victory. Got a few talking points. We're going to have a little chat about George Boyd, uh, talking about our system and, and the pressure it puts on the fullbacks. And then we'll have a little bit of a chat about our gut feeling of, of the running and, and you know, whether we think it's automatic promotion playoffs for Palace this year, or maybe we're going to miss out on both. Uh, we'll have a quick look ahead to the Hull game on Tuesday night. And our uh, visit, the visit of Leeds on Saturday, which are two absolutely key games. I mean, we're at the business end of the season; they're all key games, but certainly a couple of wins there, and we're uh, we're looking pr- looking very, very good for uh, for an automatic place. What with Cardiff sl- slipping up as well, so that'll uh, that'll be good fun. Um, just a little quick shout out for it's, it's an under fifteen actually at Palace, a lad called Corey Andrews, who's come off the bench for the under-18s uh, against Fulham and actually got a um, got a goal there as well and scored two for the under-15s this week as well, I think. So, um, yeah, congratulations on your big moment, Corey. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more to come from you. And, uh, yeah, say people people talking very highly of the lad. And you think playing at 15 years old, getting getting a sort of chance at the under and the under-18s and marking it with a goal, obviously a lad with a, with a lot of talent. So, well done, mate. <clears throat> And finally, next week, we are broadcasting live from an outside location. Apparently, you're going to be able to watch us visually for the entire show. Who would want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know one discussed this with me. I don't want to be able to be seen. Oh, isn't, isn't there going to be a bit of a problem? We'll have one camera and we'll all have to be really, really close together because there's going to be loads of us there, isn't there? Well, you, and you, what you, if it's raining? You, you call it a problem. You know, for me, it's nice to have human contact so it's going to have uh, to be wide angled lens <laughs> I didn't think yeah. you were going who oh. me yeah uh, Mikey asked me and I said oh, I'll commentate for the masses guys guys, he guys, says, guys we're on air 
We're on air. Have this conversation off air. Um, one last little bit thing. Um, we have got a competition running for a Brighton ticket. Obviously, we did that last year, and one lucky winner it was Tim. Uh, won a uh, ticket to go and see that game, that fantastic event at the Amex Stadium. And uh, we've got another one going. And this time, rather than a competition or a phone or anything like that, we're basically giving you a chance to uh, to to win it in a raffle. Uh, for information how to enter, just go to hlradio.net forward slash Brighton. Uh, essentially, it's one pound per raffle ticket, if you like. Uh, you don't need to send each pound individually. If you want to buy more than more than one, you can buy as many as you like. Um, we'll be making the draw on next week's show. It'll be live, and obviously it'll be visual, so you can see us actually drawing it. So be no funny business, because um, basically the only people who can't enter are uh, myself and Mikey, who's the occasional producer. So could it could even be uh, a whole radio person who wins it. It'd be scandalous, wouldn't it? But it could be. Anyway, the ticket's in my possession, and it's, it's out there if someone wants it. Uh, obviously, uh, I do have to mention uh, whole radio is non-profit. Therefore, unfortunately, none of that could be spent on a holiday for me or anything like that. Um, so basically, all the money goes on prizes. It goes on... Um, our broadcast costs, which was why we needed him broadcast earlier today. Um, <laughs> it also goes on uh, basically anything we do get as a prize. We tend to try and get from the club if at all possible. I think they've all been from the club so far, other than uh, the signed shirt we've been donated um, once. But everything else has been from the club. So all the money goes back into the club. If there's anything left over at the end of the season, that will go to the Jeff Thomas Foundation. So absolutely nothing, nothing in our pockets other than bills. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, that draw will be made next week, so holradio.net forward slash Brighton for that one. Oh, that was fun, wasn't it? Right, let's just talk about Derby. Obviously, it was a 1-0 victory for Palace. Um, of all the 1-0 victories I've seen us have, it was probably one of the most fortunate, if I'm completely honest with you. Uh, just to give you a quick rundown of, of the stats that kind of emphasise that point, um, Derby had 18 shots to R8. We only had four shots on target the whole game to their 12. Um Obviously, 12 shots on target and they didn't score. Probably points to your keeper having a bit of a good game. So we'll talk about him in a minute. Um, they had the lion's share of the possession, 54 to 46. So I have to say it felt more than that, particularly uh, when we were under a lot of pressure in that second half. Uh, majority of corners. Um, and we committed more fouls, which obviously what happens when the opposition have the ball. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of a... Bit of a worrying time, really. So, um, But we've come, out, we've come out with the three points. And uh, before I go any further on our review of that let's get some forward reviews from ben yes i will give you the best ones we got sent a lot actually over 20 so i'll read you just a few of the best ones that we got in from from the listeners james newland says could not be happier ian groom what a great goalkeeper that's quite a theme actually a lot of them were about Speroni. i've, I've cut a few out but a couple more on Speroni. uh tony johnson says jules is a legend um amy latter says make minus Speroni, and she uh, put a picture of a customized peroni bottle on the end of that Huh. Uh, Rachel May Glencross, heart in my mouth. Palace Robbo, uh, keeping the faith. Missing a word there, um, but I thought I'd read it out anyway. Adam Robinson, we are going up. And then two more. Jockey says luck went our way. And Mark Wingrove to finish says March is our month. Mm. Well, obviously, you can tell for the most of that that the, the dominating sort of point from everyone was, was Julius Brody. It was not just that he saved a penalty, because obviously he did. Um, you know, he was getting criticism for that earlier in the season, I seem to recall. But. Um, yeah, great save. And basically, it just tops off a fantastic performance from him. I mean, to sort of summarise, really, uh, hopefully you've all seen the highlights at the very least. And The goal was a little bit lucky in, in some senses because it came from a, a block tackle from Jednak, sort of in our own half. 
and the ball just ricocheted like a with a like perfect sort of looping arc straight into the path of Balassi. And now, of late, you've, it's been noticeable that both Balassi and, and Zaha, when he's played, have been getting into the centre a lot more. You know, they've not, not been playing as just complete and up, you know, out and out wingers. But um, but Balassi was sort of standing in the centre there and just picked it up and ran straight through, and. Um, yeah, just sort of rounded the keeper and smashed it in with his left foot. Uh, obviously, defender getting back, and because Blasi hits the boy way the way he does, um, defender was sliding along the floor, but that ball wasn't going along the floor. It just it smashed it into the top corner. Uh, great moment for us. Um, but there, there were there were few and far between after that, really. Uh, I've got a couple of things. Uh, ben, you got a tweet in from Lee. Yeah, I'll read that out now, just about Sperone. You, you mentioned a minute ago about how he pretty much saved us. He says... When Julian first joined Palace, wasn't convinced that he was a great goalkeeper. Uh, he's now been made to eat his words and he's a hero. The penalty save on Friday was huge and could go a long way in taking us to second place. It was a heroic display and he's easily his man of the match. That's a good point. It, it takes us neatly on to, to what I wanted to ask the guys, really. Um, I, I'd say my, my gut feeling when I walked, sort of walked away from that game, um, other than having a headache from my already approaching hangover, was um, it's got the best performance I've seen from Speroni in a long time. And I kind of thought to myself, well, actually, am I, am I just taking him for granted by saying it? Because it, was it just that he had more to do? Is he? Oh, he's always that good. He's always a great keeper. I'll go to you first, Joe. I mean, do we take him for granted, do you think? Um, I, I wouldn't say take him for granted. I mean, he is a good shot stopper. And, I mean, I didn't go to the game, but from what I could... Uh, when I listened to it, he was coming for crosses and, and, and you know, he, he really... Um, I mean, he had his best game. Listen, when I spoke to you at the Middlesbrough game, I thought that he'd... He, just watching him, I didn't think he had a, a, a great game. Um, what was the game where... Uh, the, the own goal, the laughable own goal? What, the par at the end? Yeah. When, uh, the um, win against Charlton. Bristol, Bristol, oh, Bristol, Bristol City. Bristol City, yeah. And I just, you know, I, I just thought... I thought he'd not been our weakest link as such, but but I just thought he'd made a lot of mistakes this year, and I thought he made another one. And I said I thought he was a weak link, but I've been made to eat my words because he has been. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. I just, I yeah, I I I can't quite believe I watched it. Watched it back today, actually, the highlights just because they took so long to actually appear on Palace play. You're kind of used to them coming up the next day, but they obviously we had to wait for the Saturday games to be played. But um, I just couldn't believe how many there was. It, it didn't seem like that at the game. It just, and he was making so many that it comes, it come right off of his line. He was sort of almost on the penalty spot uh, with defenders already back. And, and that's quite a rare thing. Usually the keeper will stay back when he's got defenders ahead of him. But he was really coming out and dominating those areas and getting himself nice and close to the... I- and, and that's and that's all we've wanted. See, the thing is, what what you would rather what you would rather have from Jules is if he comes and doesn't get it, he's come for it. But but when he's he just seems to be sometimes he just seems to be or stay on the line and and he's not off his line. You know, the, the thing is, the way that referees are these days with with uh, with goalkeepers, if you blow on one, he goes down. You get a free kick. And I always thought it, it, the advantage is always always with the keeper. Um, but anyway, getting off that, he's made me eat my words. I mean, he saved, he saved us numerous times. And, uh, you know, 
it's what he's there for, but you know, to save the penalty, no matter how you save it, it doesn't matter if it's a bad penalty, whatever, he, he saved the penalty. And by all accounts, it was a good save, strong hand onto the bar. And, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's what it is. But I, I'll just, I'm just really pleased now because that will give him a huge amount of confidence. And then after that as well, it sounded like after he saved the penalty that he came for everything. You know, oh, yeah, he's yeah. not the biggest goalkeeper, but he's, he's definitely... Obviously, the confidence was just going straight for him. You know, he he, he he sounded like he had a well, not sounded. He obviously had a great game. Um, yeah, listen, it, it's it's a perfect time for you for a, an inspirational keeper. Anyway, it's a perfect time for him, you know, to get in form. Uh, ben, you wanted to make a point. Yeah, I've just got a few stats up just to kind of reiterate how how lucky we are to have him. Really, we bought him obviously in two thousand and four for half a million pounds. So really, not not a lot of money. The first three seasons, he just sat on the bench. We, we've got to really appreciate how much loyalty Speroni has shown to the club through everything we've gone through, the administration, everything. He sat on the bench for the first three seasons behind Gabor Corrali, made six appearances in his first season, then four, then five. And he just must have thought he's not getting any game time. So you know, we really do have to appreciate that, that he sat around for a long time waiting for his chance, and now he really has shown us how good he is. So it just seems... Um, Go on, go on, Nick. He was kind of slated in that first season, wasn't it? When it a uh, mm. season in the Premiership where he made that big uh, mistake, was it against Everton? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and then he just, um, yeah, like you said, sat on the bench uh, waiting for Corrali to kind of go. But yeah, the, the way he stuck with us, and uh, I think it's a two-way loving, really, because uh, with the uh, Fanatics banners as well, and he, he, he could be going to the Premiership to sit, be a number two in the Premiership, and be earning loads more than he's on here loads more even being a reserve goalie and the fact that he's still here on a lot less money says says a lot of words about him doesn't it mm. it does yeah I mean look that, that that first season it just seemed so weird to be thinking that we were panicking and even even after that season I think we were still panicking when when, when Corrali was out or you know looked like he might get an injury or might get a suspension or something like that we think oh bloody hell we've only got that Speroni left it just seems so weird now to think that that's, that was the mindset but I mean obviously what he did what he did to try and dribble the ball around Kevin Campbell was you know yeah. <laughs> stupid it was a stupid thing to do and you know he does occasionally make, make an ab- ab- minor aberration but I can't really remember one for, for a long time um uh, Joe, on on that penalty, you wanted to make a point. Yeah, no, just a few of the guys in the chat room, and they were saying, you know, it was never a penalty, and then it was a soft penalty. And he said, but the thing is, what from what I can remember of the commentary was that they had three really big shouts. I mean, they're always going to get big shouts anyway. Lively crowd, they're one 0 down. They, you know, they they want to. I think any time it was in the area, that, you know, anyone went over or it was going to be an handball. I just thought I had the feeling that they were at some time going to get a penalty. So, but um, I, I mean, the other you, you made that stat earlier, right at the beginning. They had eighteen shots. That's why they're mid-table or mid to lower table. Eighteen shots at home, they didn't score one, and then they get a free, almost a freebie from twelve yards. That's why. That's why they are where they are. You know, um, That's a, it's a fair point, Joe. Um, I mean, obviously, not to. Not to do Speroni's heroics down at all. I mean, Clough was understandably very angry, like not to have, um, you know, not to have got anything out of that game. He, he genuinely deserved it. Um, ben, you got a few tweets, and I think Nick wants to make a point after that. Yeah, a couple of Spir- oh, 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 sorry, who's, who's going first? Controversial. Nick, did you want to make your point first? Was that why you were so? Uh, 
Uh, no, go on. Let let the uh, let <laughs> go first. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. We'll do we'll do what I said then, shall we? I got a couple on Sproney. Um, Tony Johnston said that he's uh, he's up there with Palace's best ever keepers with Nigel Martin and John Jackson, which I think we most of us will agree with. Um, Phil Morgan has said that West Brom uh, at home season before last when it was one all. He uh, he thinks that saved that he saved us time and time again. The defeat could have sent us down. Looking back, um, and then one tweet from London calling, just moving on slightly towards the penalty. He's asking if we think it is a penalty, and he thought it was a dive, and that justice prevailed with the save. Well, that's, that's actually a good good thing to talk about next. Really, um, having seen it back, I still don't really understand why it was given. You could if you watch if you watch Delaney, I think it's one of those where he was so. It was such, for me. It was a dive. It was it was a clear dive. Basically, the guy stuck his foot towards Delaney, planted it in the ground, and he's gone over. Um, Delaney hasn't really moved towards him. The ball's gone. It, it's and you can see he's actually stood back and put his hands up. And unfortunately, that action's actually what people tend to do when they've caught someone. And, and I'll be honest, from the game we did, and you always feel this way, especially away from home when you're when you're under pressure. But we were just feeling at that point in time, the, the referee was was basically being influenced by a, a, a crowd that had suddenly found their voice I mean they were pretty poor as a home support but in that sort of latter period of the game they were doing the doing the right thing trying to rule their team on and people were you know and, and the referee was responding to that he was he was giving the 50-50s their way he was you know we had players down and he was letting people play on and all this sort of stuff and just it just seemed to be going against us and it was like this this kind of mood shift that, that the officials were suddenly on the on the derby team as well as the whole derby team and and you know we were under it and and basically, I wasn't surprised when the penalty got given, but I, I still like like Joe said there were probably a couple of good shouts for him before that, uh, for various reasons. Um, though I didn't really see those back on the highlights, I can't exactly say what, but I, you know they were claiming all sorts at various times. So maybe maybe the reference is trying to even things out. I don't know, but you know I couldn't have been I couldn't have complained if if we'd even got away with a point there. I think. I think it probably would have been a lot more fair on Derby, but but you can't just give a penalty for the sake of trying to even things out or trying to make a result right. It, you know, it wasn't a penalty; it was a booking for diving, really. And obviously, we know Jules' penalty saving record isn't great. I think he saved two as a Palace keeper, um, but he'd had such a great game. I was sort of quietly confident in some ways, and. It was a bit of a weird one because we were in, in the upper tier and looking looking sort of down on the penalty angle from where I was. I sort of I could it was it didn't at first it didn't even look like it had hit Sproni. It hit, looked like the ball had changed direction and because it hit the bar as well and went another direction. It's like it was the most bizarre trajectory of a ball I've ever seen. But obviously watching it back, it was a it was a very good save. Penalty was quite poor hit centrally and obviously it's, I don't know if it's his arm or his or Jules's knee, but. You know he's got to it, and and we've, we've got away with a win. Really, we've deserved a lot more in previous away games. We didn't really deserve it there, so it's weird how football works out sometimes, isn't it? Uh, Nick, it is. Yeah, a um, couple of things. Um, you didn't mention John Burridge, and then um, Gel read my mind and wrote John Burridge in the chat room. Um, I was going to ask, moving away from the penalty, um, and Palace fifteen Eagles read my mind a bit because I was just about to say it, and then he typed it. Um, the game against Sheffield Wednesday, we was. We was kind of all over them and didn't get the points. Was it kind of a reverse of that? Was it kind of like the? Was it similar to that, um, Chris? But but going it, in it our favour this time. It, it it was in a lot of ways, but um, I don't think it, it wasn't complete dominance. Um, to, to be honest with you, it was. I didn't walk away feeling that we'd robbed them. 
I walked away feeling that we were probably fortunate to get a win, but I didn't I didn't feel we deserved to lose the game either. I thought, you know, we were in the match. But it was just it was just really, really obvious just how much just for me anyway, having not I've been been to all the away games since and not seen us win since Peterborough and even at Peterborough we were quite lucky to get that one. A uh, great little cameo from Moritz sort of turned it really. But it just it just felt I don't know, I kind of felt that we were always gonna win that game against Derby. It's one of those one of those weird ones, it's hard to explain. You get a feeling sometimes from the almost from the kickoff that you know, they're not gonna do anything here. And I think yeah. it was more about Derby being wasteful and, and lacking a bit of belief than it was about us in any way. Because you know, we were always going to nick a goal in the game, especially with Holloway as our manager. We, generally, we're going to score. So he, d- he did say that we were lucky to get all three points in his press conference. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, he's, he's an honest man. He's, he's absolutely right. But like I said, I don't didn't think we deserved to lose it. So I'm not going to get... And like I say, we, we deserve better in a, in a lot of games. We should be a lot higher. You know, we have a much higher points tally than we've actually got. So... I'm not going to feel too guilty about it, and it was nice beating Derby. I have to say, because usually after the game they were all they were lined up outside, waiting to abuse you, and uh, this time they were conspicuous by their absence. Joe, um, yeah, a couple of things. The, the Derby game, I think, would probably uh, even out the leads away when we absolutely smashed them and lost. So you know, it's uh, swings and roundabouts. And the other thing about reading Nick's mind, I just imagine a, a monkey sitting there scratching its head in his brain. So it's very, <laughs> very easy to read your mind, Nick. Um, right, mate. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, thank you very yeah, much. No, I, <laughs> but no, it's just uh, it, it all evens itself. How many times have we turned around and said that we should have won games this season, and and we haven't? You know, we've thrown away twenty twenty odd points. Mm. So this time, I think we got what we deserved. Um, we smashed them at our place and beat them at theirs, and they can't ruck about it anyway, because, yeah. you know. Was, was that our first double of the season? No, we did double over Charlton, didn't we? Oh, yeah, of course. How could I forget oh, that? Yeah, exactly. How could you forget that first time we done Monkey that? Monkey scratch his head. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't forgot that. I know you haven't, Joe. I know. I know. We've all got the emails. Um, no, look, I, it was... It, it, what I say, it wasn't the greatest of performances, to be honest with you, but it was a welcome win, welcome away win. It's come at a good time, and we've got some tough games coming up. Uh, I want to have Can a quick I, talk about... Sorry, Ben, yeah. yeah. I was just going to quickly say, on, on that point about grinding that win, is that's the sign of a good team. You see it all the time from the likes of Cardiff and Man United and teams like that. They don't play the best, but they still get the win. They grind out three points, and that's what that's what gets you to the top of the table, I think. Good it, it is, yeah. It's, it's something I wanted to talk about, actually. Um the, the only thing I'd say on on the flip side of that is, it's, yeah, it's great to win that game, but it's it's a one-off game. It's it's a one match. Um, when we'll play, it, you know, because it's it's equally as good as that is, it's equally as worrying to play well and not win games, isn't it? And that's what's been happening away from home. So I knew people would kind of come up with that point, and I just wanted to say as a word of caution, you know, that is one game you, you can't you can't see it as us playing badly and winning games. It's us playing badly and winning one match. Because basically we've been playing well up to that point. Well, I don't like to see us playing less well than we had been. Because I mean, to me, that's the wrong direction. That's the wrong trajectory. So yeah. I have a little bit of a concern over that. So just to make that point, um, I did mean to ask you: like, is there anything on Twitter that uh, was relevant to what we were talking about? Um, did, not necessarily to that, but I've uh, I've asked about centre back pairing, which I think is something you're going to move on to. So yeah, I've yeah, yeah. Quite a few good tweets on that coming up. If you want me to read now, or when you've yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> I, I am ready. Uh, we. We're about to move on to the point about Ramage and Delaney and that partnership at centre back, and I've asked for for some tweets on that about uh, what we think of them. 
Um, Mark, CPFC fan 70, has said that they have good banter on Twitter. Um, Alex <laughs> says, solid, no doubt about it. Paddy is no miss. Gibbon McOtter says, well, they are pretty prolific scorers. And then one tweet from Ryan Taylor says, best partnership I've seen in my 17 years of supporting Palace, unbreakable at times. Yeah, uh, it seems strange to talk about. I wanted to bring them up because... Um, no, our regular listener, Jerry, years. regular contributor Jerry, uh, also mentioned it to me during the week on uh, Facebook. During the week yesterday on Facebook, um, and it seems strange because we're actually conceding a reasonable number of goals. You know, we we don't get that many clean sheets. And it seems odd to be praising the defence, and, and it kind of leads on to another point I want to talk about later on about about the fullbacks and the system that we play. But I mean, but yet that would to me the difference between as much as Spironi was the man of the match clearly and. Um, you know, and, and performed some heroics. Delaney and Ramage did their fair share as well. They and it's for them the way they play. It's all about attitude. It's about you know if, if there's a derby player taking the shot, you can be absolutely sure that there'll be one of Ramage or Delaney, and sometimes both, absolutely fling, flinging themselves at it to stop it even getting anywhere near Jules. And it's sort of a testament to how how under the cost we were in, in moments that so many shots actually got through to Speroni. But there were just there were just these clear moments of, of just utter commitment and you know, commitment to the cause and they communicate so well. They were a fantastic centre back pairing, they really are. I've been really impressed with both of them. I think Ramage has, has really sort of blossomed having Delaney alongside him. And, uh, you know, as much as it was a sort of a little point being made earlier about them on Twitter and the banter and all that sort of stuff. It's, it is a valid point. They, they've got, it's not just, I think it's a really good thing to look back at when Mark Bright was on the show one of the times and he was talking about his partnership with, with Ian Wright as a striker. And he said it wasn't just like a partnership on the field, off the field. They spent time together, they talked about their game, they bantered together, they went out together, all these sorts of things. And, I, and it does, to me, having, having Ramage and, and Delaney doing what they do on Twitter and, you know, entertaining us all, it, you know, it shows that there is a, you know, there's a bond there, whatever you want to think of, think of that. But um, so yeah, I've been really impressed. I don't know if anyone wants to make, mention anything more on that before we move and talk about Wilf. Anyone's got any more points on those two, or any more concerns? Maybe you know, maybe you know, there was a mention of Paddy. You know, we don't miss him. I, I'm a big fan of Paddy, and I think in many ways we still do. But no. I think the um, the more they play together, the stronger they'll get. And I think Paddy will really, really struggle to get in. And I can see Paddy being at Bolton next year. My prediction. Yeah, there's been a few people talking about that, haven't they? About him just linking up with Friedman at Bolton and, and just leaving. I don't think that's the right way to, to go about it from, from his point of view. Surely we want he want to come back into the side and he'll, he'll want to fight for it. I mean, we, we interviewed him a couple of years ago at the Pair of the Year and he said he wanted to end his career at Palace. So it's nothing about not being happy. I think it's just when he gets back from his injury, obviously it's, it's through no fault of his own that he hasn't played. He just needs to try and fight his way back in. We know he's good enough. Yeah, I can remember, Ben, the first time we uh, went and met uh, Steve Parrish as well. He was talking about Paddy and how Paddy's kids, you know, love, you know, a Palace fans and just, yeah. you know, and how, you know, he's he's a proper Palace, he's a club man. And it, it's a shame that the in, injury this season has kind of, to me, it's made people, and I'll, I'll get Joe's opinion on this, to me it's kind of made people forget about how strong an influence he was on the side. And it, it's not really his fault, it's not really anyone else's fault in some ways, because most of the time he's been kind of the strongest influence in, in what I would class as a fairly weak set of players. And, you know, I, I, I would be really, I'd love to see him with this tight-knit, strong group. I'd love to see him involved in, in what he could bring. I, I would think he would be a great 
centre-back pairing with either Delaney or Ramage. Um, but it's certainly an interesting um, problem to have. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I don't, I don't think from what I've heard um, that he's going to be going any time soon. I know he loves it at Palace. I know he likes everything about it. The other thing as well, no matter what people think, he is at them, you know, he's still a club captain. Mm. And uh, I can't see... I can't see him going to Bolton. I don't see that there's any, you know, um, I don't see that there's any, uh, uh, I think it'd be a sidestep to go mm. to Bolton, you know? I mean... Backwards. Yeah, if that, if, uh, it's a sidestep, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, he loves it. He loves the club. And deep down, you know, if you wanted someone that, you saying about Ramage and, and Delaney putting their body on the line, how many times did you see him putting his body on the line, you know, he will yeah. dive in front of the ball. He gave away a couple of penalties, you know what I mean, the one against Man United yeah, yeah, two yeah, years yeah, ago. Absolutely. People still go on about it. But, mm. you know, from what I saw on Twitter, people went mental about Ramage giving away the penalty and then all of a sudden mm. it was forgotten when it was saved. You know, the people just go mad about players doing certain things. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's but, one of those, yeah, look, people people have a tendency to remember the negatives when they're, when someone's not in a team, you know, when you're talking about... Let's say I just point to the fact that we're still conceding a lot of goals. And I know there's some, some good opinions on Twitter about this. I'll come to bed any, in a second, really, on this. But it just seems to me that it's, it's very, very easy to say, you know, here's four or five incidents of where Paddy's, you know, tendency to grab a shirt when someone runs past him has cost us. You know, and it, you don't say, oh, here's the... You know, do you remember that three-month spell where he was out with a shoulder injury, where we we couldn't defend for Toffee? Do you remember, you know, that moment where he cleared that ball up at Hillsborough and you know went for a corner and he turned, heard the final whistle, and just screamed his head off? Now I know that you can't. It's not just about attitude. It's not just about a play. When a player, it's all very well saying, "Oh, Paddy loves the club. Paddy this, Paddy that." You know, it's all about what they do on the pitch. At the end of the day, that's it. You know, I can understand that as an argument, but I think people forget how influential he is on the pitch as well. But it's a long way back for him. Um, I think Joe's going to go and get his takeaway now, so um, we won't talk to him for a while. But, um, <laughs> ben, <laughs> thank, <laughs> well, thank you, fellas. It's just, it's just turned up, all right? So I'm just going to dish it up. Listen, I'll be man, back. Stick your mic on mute and you enjoy that, okay? If anyone wants thank to you. guess what Joe's having, do, do have a little guess. Oh, just they already tweet. know. I already said. Cheers. On, on Twitter, if they want to guess. HOL Radio. Have a guess what Joe's having. Um, ben. Yes, a couple of last tweets about Ramage and Delaney and then I think we'll move on. Patrick O'Connor uh, said, best choice we have available, they get along great and seem to have but seem to have small lapses that could cost us, like the Derby penalty or a red card. Uh, and then Luke Saywell has said, didn't excite me at the beginning of the season, but they've turned into an irreplaceable team, sorry, irreplaceable players in our team. Apologies. Mm. <laughs> you read that very well. Very badly, um, yeah. So when you next come <laughs> to me for tweets, I'll try and improve that because that was awful. Yeah, just Sorry. Like, go go on mute and just practice it. Just practice, <laughs> practice reading English. Okay. What, right. is, what is it you study again? Yeah, sport journalism. All right, you'll be good at that. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ben. Just amusing myself. Um, couple, just two more people I want to talk about from that game. Just um, one is Wilf, and the other one is Stephen Dobby. Uh, start with Wilf. Um, I've noticed a few people sort of talking that that he you know he didn't seem to see much of the ball and didn't have much of an impact and all that sort of stuff really. Um, one of the things I wanted to say is I don't necessarily agree with that. I thought what, when he did get the ball he looked very very good, um, and I think for me the the reason we won that game has a lot to do with the defence having to deal with Wilf Saha. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And I think if you go back to, I think it was the season just after we were relegated from the Premiership, but we still had AJ. And um, it's when Dowie was obviously still, still the manager as well. And he was asked about Andrew Johnson and the effect he has. And he made the point, which is a salient point for me and Dowie, which is a rare thing. Yeah. Um, and he said, it's not just about how Andrew Johnson plays for Palace. It's about how he makes other teams play against Palace. And for me, that is the key fact with Wilf. It doesn't matter whether the quality is still there. He, he, you know, I do think perhaps he's burning out. And I've made a little note to, my, to myself about um, Brendan Rodgers were talking about Raheem Sterling, who is obviously on fire at Liverpool and has just completely gone off the boil and, you know, disappeared since making an England start and what have you. And there's some parallels to draw there with Wilf. Um, but I do think he is, we are a much better, much more fluid side when he is in there. Um, I don't know. Do you have a feeling on that, Nick? Uh, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's kind of a confidence thing, isn't it, with the team? And the, the, other, the opposition is so focused on Wilf, 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 that it, it, we, we say it every week, it frees up space. And I, I actually completely agree with the Dowie quote that you gave there, it's, mm. it's, you know, what what he does to the opposition without even actually doing anything. You know, yeah, it's, it's just being on the team sheet. Okay, I think people, almost. yeah, it is, it really is. Just see, I think, I think you automatically get a big change from the opposition as soon as he's named even on the team sheet without even, even touching the ball. It's, you know, it's an interesting time. Uh, Joe, you are back, um, hopefully not got a mouthful of food or anything. Um, we're talking about Wilf, I you obviously wouldn't have heard it, uh, but we were talking about the effect that he has on the opposition and the fact that it doesn't necessarily matter whether he's in the game or not. The fact that he's there is enough to make teams change the way that they play. Um, but, I mean, on, on the question of burnout, do you think he's maybe suffering a little bit with that? No, no. He's, he's too, I, think he, I think he's one of them players, he gets excited by playing football and uh, and I think you can see that in in the way that he... You know that he reacts when he's playing. When he's when he's buzzing, he's he, he looks like he's actually taking the Mickey out of players, but he's not. He's just doing that. He's just doing what he does. Um, not at his age. You can't be burnt out at his age. You know. I think he could be playing. I think he could be playing fifty. You know, fifty games a year. I don't think he'd be burnt out. Mm. Um, but it, it, um, it's really the thing is. But it's not just Wilf now. I don't know. It didn't sound like he had the greatest of games but then if they've but that was only by the radio commentary but then that could purely because they've probably put two players on him so but the, but the greatest thing now we've having we've having players that we've got we've got so many good players now that 
they've got to put two players on him. And then when Blassie's on his game, they've really got to put two players on him. And when, Willi- when Williams comes on, like they, they, they haven't really sussed him yet. They, he hasn't played enough because of his broken leg last year. He hasn't played enough. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm a bit gutted, really, that Wilf's going. You know, it's obviously just a, a money thing for us, but... If if we could if we could have had him for one more year, I really think if we could if we can go up, we could really surprise a few Premiership teams because mm. they ain't got a clue about how good we can be, and and having having the structure now wrapped around the team about about playing together and playing on a regular basis, mm. they, they can only get better. These young players can only get better. And the other thing, the other, just one more thing about players that we've got. In or around the club, you're saying about the young kid going out to Eastbourne and getting, you know, Alex Winter getting um, game time there. Jason Benton's kicking it up down at Plymouth. He is, yeah. Yep. You know, yep. he's having a great time down there, which can only be good for us. You know, as long as they don't put a cheeky bid in and get him. Um, <laughs> There's no you know, danger of that. Just... Well, I know, he's just signed a five-year deal, isn't he? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so but but you know we've got loads of loads of players wrapped around us with that are young and and. Our club is, I think, that we're now reaping. Where we used to have like maybe one player come through every couple of years, two or three years, we've now got this crop come through. And dare I say it, like Man United had that crop of, of skulls, gigs and all that. I'm not saying by no way are they in their class, but we've got a, a load of players with potential like in, in three mm-hmm. to four years, if we can keep them together, of properly scaring the life out of some really good oh, sides. Listen, Joe, you're, you're, you're so um, correct. Sorry, Nick. Go. Is it as good as the crop from '79? That that promotion team, then, Joe? Do you think? Yeah, I do. I do because if you, if you can start putting players up for position for position, then you know Wilf is as good as uh, we've got two players that I think now were as good as as um, as Rinsilia, um, and, and uh, with Jim Cannon and, um, 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 and our centre-backs with Billy Gill. You know, just our centre-backs are as good as, uh, I personally think, as good as we've ever had. The yep. team that we've got now, um, I just think that um, and midfield, we've got, we've got culture that can't... Re- well, no, he's injured at the moment. Um, culture, Moritz. Yeah, you know, Moritz Mar- with that culture left, that, that cultured left foot... So the thing is, again, he's like people. I do now see how people say he's, he, he is the new Ambrose, but mm. you know, he's. I think he's. He's just got that little bit more style than Ambrose. But I, I think we have got a, a fantastic side, and I do see that. I think it's a better side. I really do think it's a better side than well, than what I saw when I first went there in seventy eight, seventy nine. Well, so that's just just fractionally before I was born, so I can't really comment on that <laughs> point. Just thought I'd mention that. That's all. Um, but I, I, I can't agree with you more, Joe. When you talk about the the excitement of the players that are coming through, I, I try and pay as much attention as I can to to, to the youth. But it, it's, I, not as much as I used to because I'm going to more games than I used to go to. You know, there's never never a chance for me really to go and see the youth these days. But um, I, I, some of the lads coming through, and we forget Kyle De Silva. You know, Dougie rated him. You know, almost pretty much in the Williams bracket, and I know some people who, who regularly watch the youths probably think that's a little bit over the top. But I mean, he's certainly um, he's certainly a player who can have who can have a real effect, um, uh, certainly at, at the level we're currently playing at, and possibly beyond. But behind him, I don't know if anyone's seen the highlights on Palace player of the Man United 
under-18s versus our under-18s, which we won 2-1. And see the way Reese Alassani played then. Um, yeah, he's, oh, and I've seen a bit, fair bit of Reese Alassani, and he, he, he does tend to blow a little bit hot and cold. He's quite a you know, small lad as well. But when he's on form, he's unstoppable. I mean, he dumped three defenders on their backsides and, you know, he curled a f- fantastic shot in from 25 yards. And, he's, he's, you know, he's a huge prospect. And then uh, Jerome Williams at left back there just recently got called into the England under 18s. Um, you know, he looks he looks a big lad, and he looks a really good attacking fullback as well. And you're starting to think, well, there's getting more recognition all over. There's a couple of lads, Carl Spence and Will Hall, got called up to the um, Scotland training camp as well. And it's into the international recognition is starting to properly come now in, in the age groups that are coming through. And it's it's really honestly it's really noticeable that we're you sort of you're losing wealth and then this you're sort of hearing whispers like oh we've got you know we've got a couple of lads who can come in and take that place and and again going back to Banton getting a five-year deal that says it all Banton was hugely highly rated as we've talked about before when he first sort of came onto the youth scene and, and lost his way a little bit but he's what, very Chelsea much, uh, no it was top, uh, Arsenal then Tottenham then back to Arsenal then to Liverpool then to Blackburn then to, you know what I mean he went all over the place Leicester a uh, little spell in America just really did lose his way, but he's come back and he's got, you know, got working on his game. And so I know, I think, I know well, but, I think he's grown up a bit. Yeah, definitely. Cause he's obviously, he's a little bit older than I think he's like, must be 19, perhaps coming on 20. Um, so he's a little bit older than, than the group he'd been playing, you know, cause obviously our, anyone's that's sort of 19 or 20 of a, of a good standard is in our first team week in, week out, we, you know, the way we work and the lads he's playing with in our under 21s, uh, you know, or 17, 18, in some cases, 16. But you think we've had Hiram Boateng play a first-team game against Stoke at 16 years old and, and basically not look out of place in a midfield against premiership opposition. It's hard to actually stop naming players. Gus Sell. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, say again? Hello? All right, there. Okay. That was strange. You just said hello. Uh, odd. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's very hard. <laughs> a little bit quiet. Yeah, it's really, really weird. Um, I'm going to listen to that back later and I'll find out what the hell went on. But um, yeah, anyway, sorry, Ben, we, we got carried away. You had some tweets on Wolf. Yes, um, I asked Twitter about Wolf and we have a couple of tweets in. One from Michael that says, Wolf's not looking as sharp as he was, but that's only because he has three people on him most of the time, but he still troubles them. And Stuart Linehan um, has kind of echoed a point that you made, I think it was you made earlier, about Jason Banton. He says that an informed Jason Banton should come back and replace him. I don't know whether he means uh, at the end of the season when Wilf goes or, or currently, but, but yeah, so it's a good shout. I think moving on slightly now, I think we're going to talk about Stephen Dobby. You mentioned in the show plan about him being potentially Darren Ambrose Mark too. so I asked Twitter about that and we got a few tweets in. Uh, Tony Johnston says Dobby has the same pace as Ambrose, i.e. none. And the same footy brain as Ambrose, i.e. clever. He's a decent loan signing. Uh, Luke Saywell says, Dobby's a luxury player, just like Ambrose was. Also goes missing in some games, but he has that moment of magic, e.g. a free kick. Uh, Stuart Linham, again, has said that Dobby will become a good player for Palace once he's settled in. So what do you think about those? Well, I mean, the point I wanted to discuss with Dobby, and this is where we're going to leave our Derby review behind, um, he didn't have the best games against Derby, and I don't think he was it's like, particularly great against uh, Sheffield Wednesday either, and... I don't know if he came off the bench in that game. It's hard to remember. I had a very hazy view of that game. <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, he's, um, to me, they're, they're, I was saying it on, on, on Homestale earlier in the week. It was, for me, there's one way of using him, and it's just to keep giving him the ball. 
because if you start if he gets starved of possession, you know, he's not one to tackle back that often, he's not one to, to get involved in the sort of well, exactly like Darren Ambrose was, he'd just go missing. And you know, he, he wants to work at the, the final third of the pitch, he wants to be playing little clever balls to put people in, or he wants to wants to be getting a shot in on target himself. So that's that's how you use him. You give him the ball, and, it, and he just builds up like a rhythm. And that's where we've seen him have an effect for us when he's you know come off the bench a few times and helped change games, working with Phillips and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think there's a lot more to come from him. I think he's been he joined some appalling club on the south coast who've wasted his talents, um, and I think it's going to take him a, a little bit of time to get over that. And I'm really glad that obviously he's joining us permanently. In the summer, anyway, that's, that's all signed, sealed, done. So, and I think he'll be a big player for us in the next few seasons. My view on that one, um, I Nick. Think, um, I think Dobby's actually a lot better than Ambrose. I don't like these comparisons because I I don't see Dobby drifting out of games as much as Darren Ambrose did. Darren Ambrose, one or two moments in a whole game, and okay, they were moments, but um, Dobby's lot lot better work rate. Um, Palace Guard in the chat room, that's wholeradio.net slash chat. Palace Guard says, I like Dobby. I think he's good on the ball and a better dribbler than Ambrose. And ASCPFC says, Dobby's a decent player. Um, why do the commentators call him Dobby? Have we got it wrong or have they got it wrong? Um, well, to me, it's spelt with like an O and a double B, so it's Dobby. Uh, there was a player called Scott Dobby. They call him yeah. Scott Dobie on on some radio stations. Yeah, well, that's yeah. why. That's probably why it is. There's probably stupidity. It's probably <laughs> why they're only working on local radio and not Five Live. Yeah, or or Homestay Radio. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun times. Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of him, but I do think if you if I was pushed into making a decision between playing him or playing Williams, Williams would win every time. In, in my view. But it is quite noticeable that Johnny seems to have a bigger effect coming off of the bench at the moment. So maybe in order to get us up to the uh, to the Premiership, maybe it's best to use uh, Dobby in behind the striker at first, and then bring on Williams if uh, if he's not having too much of an effect. An effect. An effect. Yeah. Well, Garvin will be back soon anyway, won't he? So. But yeah, apparently he's going to be back for the Lions. Mm. Yeah, and on. Joel Ward will be back in shortly as well. And I think one of the things that we talk about every time we review a game, one of the things we sort of get into is we start talking about who can come in for this player and that player. And this is the, you know, the most sort of memorable time for me of, of thinking just how many options we have. You know, certainly like in midfield, yeah. like that, that position just in behind Glenn Murray. Because obviously Glenn Murray is the striker, and you know as long as he's fit, he's, he'll be the he'll be the guy up front. But the players that can just play in, in and around behind him is just, I mean, Moritz basically, Garvin, Moritz, um, Dobby, and Williams, and they're, they're four of the best players in the squad. And it, you just think it's unbelievable, unbelievable amount of talent, and it's how how you fit them all in, and that's what the manager's there to try and do. Um, I, okay. Uh... I know you want to move on, so I'll segue us in with uh, a comment about Moritz from Palace 15 Eagle. Um, he thinks that he might make the bench on Tuesday. Yeah, I'd, I'd add it. You know, he was coming back to coming back to fitness. Uh, again, great option to have off the bench. If he can have the impact that he had up at Peterborough, I was mentioning earlier, came on, changed that game, and a couple of great finishes. And you know, he's a hugely talented player, and who can forget those free kicks as well? So, 
Um, yeah, it's it's staggering the options that we have. Um, I don't honestly don't know with the. If you think about the division we're in and the, and the finances available, how would you go and strengthen what we got? It's, it's quite a hard thing to actually go and do. So that's got to be a good sign. We've just got to just got to keep you know finish finish the season with a strong run. Try and keep confident because for us it's all about confidence now. Everything we do is about confidence um, because it's it's nothing to do with talent. We've all the talents there. We, you know we've proved that point. We've got some of the best players in this division. Um, which is a testament to the to the work that obviously Dougie did before he left, and the work that, that Ian Holloway's done since he's come in. So amazing stuff, good times, and um, yeah, feeling pretty positive. Pretty positive. But on the things that we're talk- talking about, transfers and players we could have brought in, uh, there was a thread on the Homestale this week. It said, "Are we going to regret not not signing George Boyd?" Obviously, we were in for him on a permanent deal. He chose to go and talk to Forrest instead. That fell through, for whatever reason. Uh, we decided we weren't going to go back in for him on loan, but Hull decided that they were. Um, you've got some got tweets, tweets, Ben. I sure you're, have, yes. You're, you're efficient. I like uh, sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, right, Thanks, so, Joe's gone. I've just got yeah. Joe's gone. Oh. I'll go and, go and get, get him back. You carry on. Okay, you go and find Joe, and I'll, uh, yeah. I'll read some tweets out. I'll do that. Gareth, <laughs> Gareth says, Kesara, Sarah. Good luck to him, just not on Tuesday. Lau Jensen says, no, no regrets, just as long as he's awful against us on Tuesday. Alex says, no, we don't regret signing him. He's not a standout player, and that's why he's been playing for Peterborough. We can sign better than that. Tony Johnson says, no regrets, look forward, not back. Boyd is good, but we have Murray, Wilf, Super Kev. Why would anyone boo him? Um, That was because I asked the question, will you boo him on, uh, on Tuesday? Mark says... I do worry we'll regret it. He was his number one target in January. And based on the last two games, Dobby isn't a substitute for him. Mm. There you go. Mm, strong opinions. But, um, I think it's too early to be judging Dobby like that myself. That's, that's just my feedback on that one. But some good stuff. Um, well, look. Serial has um, accused George Boyd of being a plastic fan. If he was so much of a Palace fan, he'd have been, you know, down like a shot. Um, yeah. Basically, I, I can't really argue with that. He's, he's right. Um, the, I mean, I'm not saying that, that the money we're, that was on offer was as much as he'd get elsewhere. But you think about the stages in his career, it just and the where and where Palace are as a club and where we were heading. You, you would just think that, that someone who, who said that always said, "I want to play for Palace. I'd love to play for Palace in my career," get the chance to take Palace to the Premiership, and you know. Get all the rewards that come with that promotion. To to go to to well, first forget the fact he's gone to Hull because that was you know that's come along after he he ditched us to try and go to Forest. Forest are going nowhere this season, uh, and it could only have been about the money on offer, and and that's a real shame uh, because unfortunately he is a very very good player as he proved in his debut for Hull, scoring after a minute, uh, having a really really positive effect on them, and he's going to be a player to watch. I don't know if we can ever say that we're going to regret it, though, because, I mean, how can you regret something that you tried to do and were, were unable to do because of the player himself? You can't regret. You can sort of think, oh, it's a shame we didn't get him, but I'm sure we tried tried our best to do it. And I don't know, maybe he felt that we were offering him too poor a contract because he was a Palace fan and we thought he would definitely choose us. I don't, you don't know how people sort of 
are thinking and what they're told by their agents and things like that. But there's little doubt, in my opinion, and a lot of people sort of slagged him off at the time and said, you know, people only think he's a good player because he's a Palace fan. But it's got nothing to do with it. He's, you know, an incredibly good player. He played in what has essentially been a very poor Peterborough side at this sort of level. And it, and it's been the standout player for years. Uh, and it's a real shame that we've lost out on him and he's gone to Hull because it makes them a better side, in my opinion. Um, Let's face it, Chris. You're you're a Palace fan. You'd give your right arm to play for Palace, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah, if you're a club of any team. You'd give your right arm to play for them. So it's got it does to be seem money, odd. I it? mean, I know. Yeah, it's it is money. It's hundred percent. It is money. Is you know, it's four four grand a week more at uh, Nottingham Forest that changed his mind. Um, and the cost of living's cheaper up there as well. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it that's like ten grand a week, isn't it? Really? But I mean, having said that, these are the sort of things that I think you that as supporters we've got to kind of bear in mind at times that when our owners are talking about and, and again, perhaps, well, our previous manager was very big on the, on the training ground and things like that and having the right standards and all that sort of stuff. These are things that actually have an impact. You think Nottingham Forest is a huge football club and it's got you know massive old stadium. You know, great facilities. You know, there's been a lot of money spent there. They've got a lot of history and all that sort of stuff. And these are things that, even though we're, you know, we're a stronger side than they are right now, um, they, they've they've got a lot to offer on on just on the facility side of things. And that's where we're trying to get to. I think. I think those are things that we've still got to do. And you know, it's frustrating sometimes that you can't do it all in one go. But that's where, that's where we are. And I think that I think it may be easier to get players to come to Crystal Palace it's obviously been easier to get players to come to Palace because we're at the right end of the table than it has been in the past you've seen we've been able to get better quality in when we've asked for it but I think we've still got a way to go off the pitch before we can start getting everyone we want um, Nick you've said something again sorry yeah and on the facilities side of things just changing subjects ever so slightly have you heard anything about an announcement on Tuesday I know I read something in the paper about um, going for Cat 1 do you know if that's got anything to do with that, or yeah? I, I, again, I sort of—I don't know personally. I've read it sort of, sort of again, second-hand information. I think it was in one of the, the national papers, potentially, that we we're uh, we're doing some upgrades to because uh, you can reapply basically, and it's coming up to reapplication time. Obviously, we are cat two at the moment, and I think we're we're trying to reapply and go for cat one. I, I think we made probably uh, you know speculation, but probably some of the, the wealth money. We'll be going uh, going on to to helping the upgrades we need to get category one status. And obviously, that'll be you, a big thing for the club. Yeah, if you can explain for um, somebody in the chat room, <laughs> what does getting cat one mean? It means we've got more chance of holding on to our players, doesn't it? It means they can't be poached as easily, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, th- to be honest, it's it's so difficult to to sort of pinpoint exactly what everything is. Basically, a cat. It's more what we can do as a cat one. It does give us a better chance of holding on to our players. You. Uh, but basically, if you get a player on a scholarship or a contract, they they come outside of the E three P anyway. You know, it's, we're talking about real, really young players before that they're before they've got any real tie to the club. And you're talking about large numbers being out, cat one clubs can go and take for a fixed fee a number of players of a certain age that aren't on scholarships or contracts and things like that at the club. Um, so effectively, it's saying that we can go and do that to other academies um, and also, you know assumedly helps us in preventing other clubs doing that to us because we're of the same status if you know what I mean but again there was so much discussion in and around that that topic and it got so lost in 
sort of misunderstanding and misinformation that you know we almost need another show to sort of go over it again maybe we'll do that maybe we'll have a have another look at that when when that yeah, gareth southgate back on and he can agree <laughs> with us even though he's doing the opposite thing oh he left his job at the fa over that i, I, I blame myself well because of you chris <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> but i um, hope it was but yeah, I mean, as as Dweeb's pointed out in the chat room, Nick, it, um, it, we essentially it gives us the power to go and poach from other other clubs, and as, that might feel a little bit distasteful. But you've got to play the game, I guess. And one of the players we did get, um, we've given a professional contract to, is a lad called Jake Gray at Wickham. Wickham were forced, essentially forced to close their academy because of the three P, and because you know could no longer sustain on the fixed fees that they were going to get because they can't keep giving scholarships and contracts to loads of different players, so they shut their academy. And he was allowed to win and got. Um, and he's been fantastic for our youth. Looks a really, really good prospect, and that's that's where we benefit. And we're just trying to make sure, you know, that that we... Yeah, Joe, you've you've made a point. I don't want you to say it out loud. Go on, go for it. Say as you've spelled it, Joe. Actually, don't. Yeah. <laughs> hypo-vertical. Apparently we're hypo-vertical. <laughs> oh, I, I, that, that, that would just make us a little bit hypocritical if we go around raping other clubs. Mm. It's a good job we're you know, um, the, the, the smaller fry, such. Um, but just getting back to getting back to the, the, the fifteen million quid and wolf. Wait, 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 wait! I've got an urgent tweet message. Uh, I've got yeah, urgent tweet coming. Um, well, we asked earlier about the thoughts on the Ramage Delaney uh, partnership, and we've had a tweet in from Peter Ramage. <laughs> And he said, uh, he said on his on his uh, partnership with Delaney that he's known him for years, which he thinks has helped the partnership. He's a top bloke on and off the pitch. That's nice, isn't it? Oh, cheers, Ram. Very nice one, mate. What, what a lovely tweet that was. <laughs> you can you can go back to what you were saying, then. Gel, you seem unimportant now, but <laughs> <laughs> do you want to carry on talking about how hypervertical we are? Or can we move on? Thank you. Um, no, it's, it's about the, the fifteen million quid for Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Steve Parrish said it would go on everything. It, it, the money would be split up and go on everything. Just to, just to, you know. <laughs> Are you all right, Joe? You're starting to sound a little bit like Mark. Like your brain shut. I, I, I don't know whether my internet is cutting out because I can hardly hear you guys. You are sounding, you're sounding a bit weird, mate, to be honest with you. So I think your internet is having problems. I know the point you're making. Yeah, Steve did say that the, the money from, from Wilf that, that we did get will be shared around the club. Trying to make, you know, trying to make everything better. It's not just about, you know, transfer fees. Right. It's about I'm going to go and come back. All right, bye. Oh, right, we can talk about it now. <laughs> It'll spread the money to uh, whole radio, get some decent equipment in, so Gerald doesn't need the tumbleweed sound effect every time he disappears. I don't know, actually. I don't. I think Steve made the point before. He doesn't want to add to the losses at Crystal Palace right. by, <laughs> by taking us on. So, um, all right, fantastic. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean that was that was the point. <laughs> we got distracted several times, but um, okay. Listen, um, I'm not going to bother with a couple of the things that we were going to talk about. I was going to talk about the system. We can talk about that most weeks. Um, as people were actually saying, talking about the, the way the fullbacks um, were, they, were they struggling in the last few games. Point I was going to make was that's the system we play. Their their job is to overlap and defend. And it's a hard job, but they often get isolated by the wide players tucking in. That's what I was going to say, but we'll have to talk about that another time. Um, I was going to ask you guys what the gut feeling was from everyone: whether we're going to make automatic, or it'll be the playoffs, or whether we'll miss out on both. Um, let's just pretend we all said automatic and agreed. Um, so we're going to move on from that. 
Well done, everyone. Automatic promotion. Um, well, I want to talk say. about... Say again? We'll get it on the last game. We'll win it on the last game of the season. We'll win the league on the last game of the season. I really hope the 93rd minute. 93rd minute. I agree with that. Send we'll P and Bird down and we'll stay up. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, actually, up, we'll actually knock those red, red dragons into third place <laughs> in, the, no, in the process. Actually, going back to, um, back to the, the, the tweet from Peter Ramage there about knowing Delaney for so long, I'm trying to work out how. <laughs> Jason Banton's tweeted us as well now. Yeah, yeah all the players. Yeah, all the players are, are tweeting us. I saw. Well, I tweeted Jason Banton and said that uh, that we've been talking about him on the radio show, and he's asked what was said. So I, I better tweet him back. Oh, thanks, Ben. That's a really good interruption. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what what, what were you saying? All, don't don't come back. I got all starstruck when Jason <laughs> Banton tweeted. Sorry. Right, carry have you on. Have you got any other anecdotes of that similar quality? Because <laughs> um, that is brilliant. I, I had nothing. I, yeah, just. No? No, that's it. Done. All done. Right. Sorry. Good. Can I just well. add that Serial says that we are going to win the league in the 93rd minute of the last game with a Calvin Andrew bicycle t- kick. <laughs> I really wish, really wish that that would be the case. We'd have to sign him on loan from... <laughs> just for half an hour. <laughs> Can we have a half hour loan? Yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it would be an emergency loan, wouldn't it? Anyway, um... <clears throat> Oh dear. Right, looking ahead, we've got Hull on Tuesday night. Yeah, Rick <laughs> Does anyone understand what Joe's saying? Just I didn't hear any of it. No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Falling apart, isn't it? Um, okay, listen, we've got Hull on Tuesday night. Steve Bruce's side. I'm not reading this. Steve Bruce's side, a serious challenges for automatic promotion. The game at the KC Stadium ended 0 0, but was dominated by Hull, who had just got into their stride after an inconsistent start. Recent results have been strong, culminating in their 5-2 win against Birmingham yesterday. Uh, Hull have not drawn in nine games and have won seven of those, losing 1-0 to Brighton and being thumped 4-1 by Dougie Freeman's Bolton. Uh, Bruce talked in glowing terms about Boyd's class and Palace will have to watch the supposed Eagles supporter closely at Selhurst on Tuesday night. But Hull have strength in depth and Egyptian striker Gedo, Gedo, yeah, uh, midfielder Robert Corrin and winger Robbie Brady are amongst the players who will be the biggest threat to the Eagles' impressive home record. And I think it's a long, long time since we've lost or uh, lost a game on a Tuesday night. Not to put anyone under any sort of pressure or anything like that. Um, have we got predictions from people, Benjamin? We sure have, yes. I will read them to you um, right about uh, now. I've got them, I've got them. Right. <laughs> nobody, absolutely nobody has predicted a loss, which is nice. So uh, I'll read a few out. Lee Ward says 2-1 and 3-1. This is obviously the first first result is Hull. Second result is Leeds. Yeah. Alex says 1-1, 2-0. Daniel Crenell, 2-0, 1-1. Tony Johnston, 2-2, 2-1. Gunnar says 3-2, 2-1. And they're all along the lines of that, really. Just mm-hmm. kind of winning by, by one goal. A few have said two. But yeah, everybody has predicted either six points or five points. Uh, no, you can't get five points. That's really points. weird. Sorry. Um, ben, are you three, three, three or four points. I'm sorry. Okay. Ben, are you okay? Do you need to lie down? I've just been inundated with tweets, and um, uh, if imagine if a tweet was an actual thing, and I was sitting in a room, I'd I'd be drowning in tweets right now. Okay. Imagine if a tweet was an actual thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nick, some uh, predictions in the chat room. There's uh, Palace yeah. Eagle, Palace Fifteen Eagle, one all draw. Dweeb says 2-1 on Tuesday. Palace Guard says 2-1 to Palace. Ramage and Murray to score. And Gel says his internet's rubbish. Yeah, Gel's <laughs> internet is rubbish. I'm not going to really ask. 
in terms of predictions from myself, um, I can see us. I actually think we're going to win that game, and um, I, I, I think we'll probably keep a clean sheet as well. So I want to go with a two-nil win for Palace to really send shockwaves into the, uh, the rest of the championship. I think we'll um, we'll win it because we seem to rise uh, rise to the occasion when we play these top teams, don't we? Mm, we do. I think we'll actually go behind and one nil, and we will win four one. Nick, when you were speaking there, I could hear it was either music in the background or you sounded like you're in a leisure centre. You in a leisure centre? No, I'm in my broadcast room. Okay, fair enough. Uh, ben, did you have a prediction yourself, or are you currently crying? Um, one zero against Hull, and we'll beat Leeds two nil. All right, nice one, mate. Well, that's it. Good Leeds prediction there. Um, I think I'm going to give up on predictions. Let me just give you my spiel for Leeds, and then we're going to let everyone go. Uh, Leeds boss Neil Warnock needs no introduction as he brings his inconsistent and stuttering Leeds team to Selhurst Park. The reverse fixture ended an impressive round of form for Palace as Juve and Jerome Thomas, who was on loan from West Brom at the time, uh, put Palace on the back foot from the off, leaving Warnock's men 2-1 winners on the day after goals from Becchio and Green. Uh, the Palace goal that day was scored by Peter Remage, of course. Um, recent former scene Leeds struggled to put a run of consistent results together although yesterday's 1-0 victory over the South London whipping boys Millwall was their third clean sheet in a row former Palace target Ross McCormack and former Millwall striker Steve Morrison will provide the threat for Leeds whom Luke Varney may be missing I'm so happy about that I hate him um, after being stretched off yesterday and in spite of the takeover at Elland Road funds were not forthcoming in January for any major transfers and Warnock has recently talked that the takeover may cost him his job again uh, all is not rosy in the garden, it would appear, at Leeds. But, um, you know, it's a Neil Warnock team, so they're uh, they're always going to dig deep. They're always going to play a physical game. They're always going to knock the ball along and try and pick up, you know, the second ball and all that sort of stuff. So we know how they're going to play. We know it's going to be a hard match. Um, what are we thinking? I'm thinking a 1-1 myself. I think it'd be a tough game. Ben? <laughs> I've already did my, done my predictions. Yeah, I was wondering if anyone else had any. All right, forget that. Nick? Has Ramage tweeted in a prediction? <laughs> no, he hasn't. I think we can accept that one tweet is enough from Peter Ramage. Let's not go over the top with that. I think Get we greedy. will win. I think we'll win one nil. All right. I got. Um, I got a tweet in quickly, Chris, from Julia Diplock. You asked her how Rambo and Delaney know each other. They played for QPR together. All right. Apparently. Oh, I'd forgotten that Delaney played at QPR. There you go. I'm an amateur. I actually am an amateur. That's the thing. <laughs> Weird. <clears throat> Um, anyway, look, that's that's the show. It went went a bit weird, didn't it? Every now and I then, feel, I've, I've tweeted this. I think we had a we had a positive first half, and then we uh, bit lackluster in the second. Much like <laughs> Palace, a lot of the time. Lackluster. I thought yeah. it, it was. I just thought it got a little bit chaotic. It's it quite did, fun. Yeah, it did. I've been mildly amused for most of it, which is good. It's a good sign. Um, why don't you let us? What you think, listeners? Let us what you think. Hmm. <laughs> Can't, can't really we end it probably there, just go, yeah, let's just leave. I know yeah. we should just go, we should, because I can't even speak properly, but I feel I feel I don't want to end it like this. Shall we see if Jell's about? We can end it then. Jell? Jell's gone. We'll be here all night if we wait oh, for Jell. No. Well, look, Jell says bye, and so do the rest of us, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Back. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't have any outro music. That's why we just stopped. Right, we'll, we'll go now. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, 
we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.